We're just out here helping all those humble, defenseless townsfolk. Because we're V'ger, please. A heinous trip at Warp 5. My name is Joseph. And I'm ready to go back to Clendathu. Your co-host, Peter. A few things before we launch into this week's episode. First, we just want to give one of our periodic shout-outs to the creative team behind all of our theme songs. That is Ian and Sarah. They've made one for Voyager. They made one using the inner light flute that we used for Picard and a few other things. And I'm sorry, the theme song that they made for our Enterprise reviews never gets old. So thank you, guys. Two, in case you missed it, we have a merch store. Yes, really. I know, right? There's only going to be like 20 sales ever, but you could be one of them. All you have to do is go to zephus.store, Z-E-A-F-U-S dot store, buy a mug, buy a... Uh, a, a sticker. It's basically done at cost. <laughs> We're not trying to make money, but if you want something to commemorate your, uh, uh, your following along on this journey, uh, help yourself. I know I did. A couple other people did. We actually got some pictures of people wearing like merch and that sort of thing and showing off what they got. So that's cool. I love the merch pictures. And, and maybe it's something we have to have a vote on later. The same we had to vote about <clears throat> whether or not uh, a certain someone could be our uh legal oversight but uh i think if anybody gets a picture of one of the v'ger please stickers in a real inconvenient space for someone else we should make it our profile picture for the group (laughs) i'm not saying vandalize anything i'm saying vandalize peter is saying vandalize something (laughs) to be clear i stickers on people's side i am not i am not but peter is but i'm not speaking of uh the precious few who have actually purchased the merchandise, we had an entire whole human being give us positive feedback on the trivia card bit. So, Joe, <laughs> hold on. You got to save that bit for a second. Oh, because I am not done shilling for us. Really? We got, we got a Patreon, too, bruh. <laughs> we just put content on it, too. Come on, man. You were there. You recorded it. I'm not on it though. I don't. What, yeah, you, you don't actually. Back. You don't contribute to it. That's why I don't ever give you the episodes on Patreon as my passive aggressive way of, of punishing you. But if, if you're a better person than Peter, and mm. frankly, you are, whoever you are, uh, you can check us out at, at patreon.com/slash Vija. Please, we just did our review of Strange New Worlds season oh, yeah, one. That was a good one. And I think we had a really good discussion about the whole picture of what does it represent that the show isn't garbage. You know, we went through some of what's the highs, what are the lows, what works, what didn't that all was good. But also how did we get here? (laughs) Like, how did this finally happen and what does it mean? So if you're interested in that, check that out. Cost you like three bucks. Now we can do a bit. Bring on the bit, Peter. We well, got positive feedback. Bring it on. You, you got us. You got us talking this Patreon thing. Uh, I got a. I got an idea for Patreon coming up this month since it's October. Oh, what's that? I want to ride that Jeffrey Combs connection, and I want to watch Reanimator. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I've never seen it before. I've always meant to, and I think uh, tis the season. You know what? We've never we've only ever done one other like off topic review of anything, and it was it was Tank Girl. So I think we need to wash that stank out of our mouth. 
not necessarily horror genre, but horrible. <laughs> I, I someday I might let human beings other than paying customers listen to that tank girl review because it is like us describing an extremely terrible dream. Hmm. Hmm. I'll tell you, maybe if we get enough good sticker pictures, that'll, that'll be like, yeah, yeah that's it. We'll, we'll unlock that content. <laughs> if we get enough people vandalizing things with merch, because that's what Peter wants you to do. <laughs> that's the true credit of the 24th century. We've gotten rid of money. It's now about, uh, the new currency is vandalism and currying social favor. You know, I, I just finished, uh, Orville season three. And again, how, how I sit here and watch these fucking enterprise episodes. And there's such good other real TV out there. There was a huge chunk of the last episode of the season. And it's dedicated to detailing the currency of the future in terms of like status and what life is like in a post scarcity society. And it just touches so many of the fucking talking points that we've had. And I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, I'm it's, it's my, that is my new head cannon for everything Berman era. I'm not necessarily willing to afford it to Picard or how do they handle it on the show? Exactly that. Like you don't have to work. You fucking watch this thing and, and, and find it and then let's talk about it. And basically you don't have to work, but if you just lay around all day living off the fat of the land, it's uh, heavily frowned on. And uh, yeah, that, you know, they get a little bit more intricate and like, you know, People give you shit over it. Yeah, and just there, there is status comes into play for decisions. But all right, bit time. You ready to go to the bit time? The the bit dungeon. Let's do it. Let let us dip all the way down to the lowest common denominator. Bit me. All right. So again, this is all about trivia. The Star Trek, the original serious trivies game. I don't know who the fuck made this thing. These are some malicious questions. I mean, we I only got the first one on the list right last time. The second one, like, it was like some random crew member ever had one line. Like, well, just Jesus. wait, just wait for this card. And I'm just peeling off the top here. Uh, the blue question. What creature did Korax think bore a strong resemblance to Captain Kirk in the trouble with Tribbles? I have no idea. Some random line from a goddamn Klingon captain, like at the beginning of the episode. It's a Denebian slime devil. You Denebian slime devil? You Denebian slime devil, you. I'm going to keep, I know the rule is uh, we go until you get one wrong. Just just to show you how crazy it gets from there. So maybe you remember what a Denebian slime devil is. Yeah. The next one, green, which is like, green must be fuck you in this game. What is the star date of Kirk's final log entry as captain of the Starship Enterprise in the undiscovered country? Yeah, no. Who fucking knows that? I know a lot about Star Trek that I am not proud of, but I can say that I'm bad enough at space math that I would never tell you the fucking star date for anything. Anything. I, I, yeah, like... You you have to be obsessive compulsive to a degree that I do n- dare not contemplate to memorize star dates for captain's logs because they're not even internally consistent within the shows. Like it's a detail that would only be memorized by someone who just has so much room in their brain going to waste. You just might as well put crap like there in there. I have disdain for anyone who knows the answer to that question. 
what I'm saying. Like, not only do I not know the answer to that question, I am proud to not know it, and I'm proud to say that I don't think anyone know anyone who does know it. They also like their trouble with tribbles. All right, whatever. This card bores me. Uh, let's let's get into some real shit to hate on here. Season two, episode six, Marauders. It's you know I have this theory that. <clears throat> At this point, I feel like Enterprise writers have this idea and then they like have a nap at some point, like ha- like a third of the way through writing that their idea. And they they get they wake back up and they have to finish their script and then they just half ass the ending and just get it done as quickly as possible. And like just don't ever fill out the details. And uh, and then they're like, OK, here it is. Now shoot that. And that's how we wind up with these things. I feel it, like it's like uh, they forgot that the script was due and then the teacher makes them get up in front of the class and go, OK, present your idea. And it is a terrible idea and nobody else in the class is paying attention and the teacher is drunk and says, OK, now here's. A million dollars, go make that. The you know, they maybe they got drunk and watched Magnificent Seven. And we're like, we could do that. We could do a whole thing where Enterprise shows up to a prairie village that's getting, you know, marauded by space pirates. We'll make them Klingons. And they have to help the townspeople learn to defend themselves against the Klingons. Like, that premise is okay. Like, derivative, of course, from a movie that's also based on a different movie, Seven Samurai. But fine. That's a classic of Western genre. Star Wars was supposed to, or Star Wars. Star Trek is supposed to be a successor to the Western genre in its own respect. So it's kind of a go back to your roots type of thing, like literally do a Western story that that all works. That's fine. That's a fine frame to put an episode of Enterprise specifically into. And then you just do nothing. To make it work in a way that's compelling. Not even that. It's just this is a fucking stupid, awful episode. It is the stupid. Stu- it's what it is. It is stupid. That is the it- premise is weak. The execution is awful. <clears throat> this is a teleplay by David Wilcox, story by Rick Berman and Brand Braga, directed by Mike Viger. Uh We open up in. Starship Troopers, right? Clint, this is Clint-Athu, yeah. Everything about the little village that we're going to see looks like it was the training boot camp of uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, we've got Matt Damon doing his best solid snake with a headband wrapped around him. He's appearing to work on some sort of an oil rig. I, I don't know if this is um, something that they set up around existing old oil rigs in the California, Southern California desert. Cause that, that used to be a thing. There was a lot of oil rigs in that area. So, uh, you know, there's some of it on some studio property somewhere and they've just set up these little like bullshit sci-fi town around it and make it look like quote industrial things end quote, right? Do whatever you want. But they, they do a like a nice little panning shot. Like the cinematography of this episode's not, like not terrible in some of the choices they make and how they shoot it. And I I found it a clever touch here that you're seeing them see Enterprise's 
shuttle pod land from their perspective as they have to talk, speculate on what it is like, oh, oh, God, is that who we were expecting? No. Who are they? What are they here for? Clearly, Enterprise did not phone ahead. No, Enterprise did phone ahead, but well, all their communications. They, they give the impression that they didn't phone ahead in this part of the scene. <clears throat> we'll find out later what actually happened. But in this setup, it's like they're just showing up and they're not happy to be seen. And it's interesting to see that from the basically from the NPCs perspective in the town. Watching the shuttle pods come down from the sky, I have to say that I'm very disappointed that we are still using this visual style of shuttle pod. Like, I get the kind of retro, twinky looking oblong whatever in season one. But I thought for season two, there had to be some sort of refresh. That, that was a sad thing to me about Voyager. It was the same look the entire time through. They switched over to the new dominion war tricorders and phaser styles inexplicably between whatever seasons uh maybe two to three yeah whatever they made whatever they got made for ds9 they may had extra extra props made and they just used them on voyager on enterprise i know their jumpsuits got a little deeper blue not that i ever noticed but i think if there's anything that really needs to get cleaned up because they're using that shuttle pod so frequently like have them get retrofitted with something that looks at least a little bit cooler. The the big reset they wanted to do for the show in terms of its visual look was going to be at the beginning of season five. Whoopsie Daisy. Moops. So the episode and again, be- it's bullshit episodes like this that help establish why that season five isn't going to happen. The episode begins proper with Archer to pull and trip showing up and be like, Hey, what's going on? Understand you sell that uh, tasty, tasty deuterium. Let's refine that comment. We've got trip. We've got Archer and their classic, uh, desert crossing debacle. I don't know. Under armor fucking football shirts or whatever. Yes. And then you got to Paul in what I can only call her silver screen disco outfit. <laughs> it is very odd. It's a very new uniform for her. It is white. It is fucking shiny white with bell bottoms. Surprise, surprise. It's skin tight. And whereas the other guys look, you know, kind of military. Hey, we're we're in the desert. Like she just sticks out. I mean, it's. It's not it's nowhere near the level of exploitation and booby centric as things we have seen in the very recent future. But it's just it's fucking absurd. It is the most illogical outfit possible for this situation. Absent some kind of dialogue that explains it as like microfibers that reflect sunlight because it's like something that got cooked up on Vulcan, which is a desert planet. No, here's a logical way to explain that. I'm sorry, but the wash machines are broken and this is the only thing I had left. So they, Vulcan leisure suit. They show up. They want to buy space gas. And the space gas dealers say, no, fuck off. We don't have any. Check back with us later. And Archer, because he's Captain Manchild, gets petulant over the fact that these guys won't fucking deal. And he turns into a space Karen. And at before the, the guy could tell him to fuck off a second time, uh, his second in command is like, 
these guys seem like they're technically competent. I'm going to drop that we need help fixing our oil rigs for space gas because um, they're broken and we can't fix them. And Do they ever explicitly say that the engineers who were in charge of maintaining the equipment that is the focal point of their entire existence were part of the uh, slaughter three years ago? No, they don't mention anything about the identity of those people aside from one of them was the father of the kid. Ridiculous to believe that they are out there doing this and nobody knows how to fix the equipment, but uh, the least of the sins this episode's responsible for. But they're right. Florida man does know his way around an oil derrick. He does, and believably so. You know, we've seen him have an interest in adapting his, in, you know, knowledge into other forms of technology in the past. And he uh, volunteers to help fix the oil rigs, which would permit Archer to potentially make a deal with the lead alien, a guy by the name of Tessic, to buy space gas off of him. Which they, they do a little bargaining where they want a lot, and Archer's trying to, to argue him down, and eventually they cop to a need for medical supplies, and they, they strike a bargain. For the record, up to this point, the episode's pretty interesting, right? It's a solid concept. I like the idea that much the same way Voyager, when they would, hey, we are here because you have the thing we need, and now we're going to get involved in nonsense because we need that thing. This plot is super elemental to the kind of frontier storytelling that this show is trying to do. It's Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, so you know, Ronin Samurai defending an isolated village. Uh, you know, desperado mercenary cowboys defending a defenseless village. It was even an episode of the fucking Mandalorian, which is Star Wars and is as a Western. Same shit. Like Mandalorian and uh, Gina Carano's character help train up a a village to defend themselves against the the AT AT. You know, that comes out of the swamp. It looks like a monster. It's dope. It's great. Like this story is something that is pretty. Perfect for Enterprise to do in some fashion. And and even the idea of like, let's train the colonists to defend themselves against the Klingons is is not itself a terrible <laughs> idea if you frame it up the right way. Well, therein lies the devil of the detail. But yeah, the, the problem is after this first act, they just uh, they they the quality level of their ability to coherently deliver on this on this idea starts to decline on a fucking linear rate, <laughs> like just falls off and keeps going down until it hits the fucking end. These yeah. aliens, by the way, uh, pretty gruesome, not because like they've got extra eyes or, you know, they're made out of cum, but they're just regular dudes. But this time the shit glued to their forehead are like, uh, I don't know, extra nostrils with hair growing out of them. Very unsettling for me to look at. Uh, very hard for me to establish sympathy for these people with their nose hair growing out like this. So many sinus infections. Yeah, sinus especially infections in that everywhere. arid desert heat, Ugh. man. No, no good. So here's what's going on at this place. And we will get hints of this quickly as uh, one of the new bargaining conditions is we need medical supplies real bad. This deuterium mining outfit is basically, I don't know, enslaved for all intents and purposes 
by some Klingon assholes who come by at the top of the season. And I don't know. Do you remember that uh, Pixar? Was it Pixar or was it DreamWorks that did uh, A Bug's Life? Uh, Bug's Life was Pixar. Yeah. And then like uh, Kevin Spacey before he got canceled would come in as a lead grasshopper and just steal all the bees honey or whatever. Yeah. These guys are. Where did that come out? (laughs) These guys are the bandits. That I got that that came out before Toy Story, didn't it? I don't life. know. Maybe that's where this came. Maybe Memory Alpha's wrong, and this isn't Seven Samurai. This is them ripping off Bugs Life. So the the Klingons are the are the uh, outlaws, and they show up and they raid 98. the town. Ninety eight. Jesus. Date getting there's getting dated, and there's getting dated twenty four years ago. And you know the the colonists don't feel like they can really fight back against them. Um, they have them outnumbered 10 to one as uh, is noted to them after they start to complain to enterprise about the problems. The colonists they're outnumber the Klingons. There's only eight Correct. Klingons, I believe. Yeah. There's like 80 of them. And well, the last time they showed up, they tried to rush them and then they just had a bunch, got a bunch of them killed. And then they killed a few more just to prove a point because, you know, they're trained warriors and we're a bunch of uh, very limp-wristed uh, people who are not uh, fighters. So we don't know what to do. So let's, do- let's, let's real quick clarify there. They, they killed three, right? Yes. And then after they quelled the miners' little uprising, they executed another four more miners, including, like you said, the father of a little boy who I'm going to uh, make a motion to the floor that uh, I propose we do not discuss the child at all. No, he has, serves no purpose. He might as well not be here. Right, that, that that motion, carries. motion carries. <laughs> oh, I got to brush up on my Robert's rules. That was sloppy. So these Klingons are some real assholes. And uh, we will get a little bit more detail that Basically, once the Klingons come through and take their their cut, the mining outfit is able to extract a few gallons more before the uh, winter comes. And that stuff is like the nasty leftover backwash that is very hard to refine. And uh, the Klingons are basically bleeding these dudes dry. The, the problem with the way they described the threat was that they just made themselves so impossibly weak that it, it made it almost comedic. Like we can't beat them because they just beat us up and then kill us. No, in, in this story premise and every other version it's done, either the force is so overwhelming that clearly assistance is required. Like say in the version they did for Mandalorian or for say the magnificent seven, the opposing force has, firepower and numbers sufficient that they cannot be easily overwhelmed just by a mass charge, right? Like these guys are, would kill a lot of people if you tried to take them down and making them only seven and making them so like passive uh, or the, the opposing force being like not even seven, like five dudes. Like, yeah, you really could just beat them up with pipes the next time they show up and just call it a day. And bury their fucking bodies. The miners, the miners need yeah. to be old men 
who are in really bad shape. They need to be pacifists that uh, have sworn some sort of weird oath or it's extremely taboo or against their religion to do violence. They need to be radically alien where they are just not built for fighting and they're going to get fucking rocked by anybody. Uh, But making them for all intents and purposes, a bunch of the way they look, just a bunch of Texan blue collar oiled field guys. It's ridiculous to believe that these guys can't swing a wrench and bust a Klingon over the head. Yeah. Like, how are you guys so completely helpless to the idea of violence? You you do real work. You're you're actual laborers. Do something where they've got shock collars. Yeah. That they were actually enslaved, uh, that they are being starved and the Klingons control their food intake. So, like, or, again, or, you've got that enfeebled or make more Klingons show up, make the force bigger. That if too. it's 15 guys. OK, 15 armed professional warriors versus 80, you know, mixed between men and women civilians. That's too much to handle, you know, or hey, their attack ship is over up in orbit and they will fire on us and we cannot fight that. We might be able to take a couple guys on the ground, but it's the, the captain on the ship targeting us from orbit that there is no way for us to fight against. There's a lot of different ways to handle this. The writer room explored none of them and the episode is going to suffer greatly as a result. Yeah, uh, this is this is where the downward trend starts. It's when the Klingons show up and the explanation for why the miners are in this position is as low effort as it possibly could have been for the writers. This might as well have been a episode of Thundercats, by the way. Like that's how fucking simplistic and yeah. And- Just from this point forward, there is interesting texture going on up until this, like with the premise. It becomes so simple as if to be a Saturday morning cartoon. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's probably going to be some sort of a Captain Planet dig I can make here, but I'm going to have to work for it because it's where, you know, the good guys are technically the ones stripping resources. There is a good scene I like prior to the Klingon showing up where the lady, who I'm assuming is their their medic, yeah. is the medical supplies from flocks and is just amazed at how well stocked they are and extremely appreciative of the auto suture gift that flocks gives her flocks is being a real gentleman. I didn't know if they're going to start going in like a romance angle here. Uh, and flocks does a little bit of digging. Like, you know, why are you so bad off? You're basically asking me for battlefield supplies, which I don't think should re- apply to deuterium mining. Uh, but she shies away and that's kind of like the, plot shadowing that there's a, a a violent component to all this. But unfortunately, I don't get much more screen time. The Klingons show up two days early, right? That's that's the agreement. You fix our pumps. We're going to give you your gas, but you need to get the fuck out of here within two days, because in two days, uh, Hopper and the rest of the grasshoppers are coming to, to get their cut of uh, our pollen. You need to get out of here. Otherwise, they're going to think that we're selling stuff on the side. It's going to be ugly for us. The Klingons show up two days early. The Klingon ship looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I like that it had like a bunch of tanks on the outside. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out that this isn't a bird of prey or uh, any other badass thing. This is basically a cargo container. Yeah, yeah, this is a freighter. And this is a, a basically a protection racket without the protection. I saw 
Uh, I thought it was cool that the Klingons just transport down. They don't fuck with shuttle pods. Klingons ain't afraid to die. Klingons ain't afraid to lose their soul. Uh, they show up and they're like, all right, give us, throw us a feast and give us our gas and uh, no one gets hurt. The Klingons are good bullies. They're stupid. But the portrayal of the bullying is interesting where it's this shitty friendship. Ah, my old friend, there you are. I'm going to give you a rough hug. Uh, come show us your hospitality. My men are hungry. Uh, wine us, dine us. We want to have a feast. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to finger bang your wife or something else. Unsavory, maraudery. Um, but uh, leader hair nose guy, he's got bad news. Our pumps have been down and we have not been able to hit the quota just yet. We're working real hard. You're here early, but uh, we're not ready yet. And then Klingon leader guy flips over to a drunk uncle and starts getting shitty. Right. Whoops up on him and his second in command after they talk back. But does the practical I want my protection money thing. I'm not going to get my protection money if I kill you. So I'll be back in a few days and you're going to have it done by then or then people are going to die. So here's a motivation to work 24 hour shifts and uh, have it all done. And they leave and Archer has what he paid for, basically. And he also can just leave. And this is where we get to the big question, Peter. What the fuck is with this ship? And what the fuck is with Archer specifically that he cannot, under any circumstance, evidently, help himself in involving himself in other species conflicts with each other? It doesn't matter if he's breaking people out of fucking prisons. It doesn't matter if he's going to fucking Witcher 2 planet and helping out Yennefer uh, solve for their planet being strip mined. Does, doesn't matter if it's uh, a bunch of Klingons picking on a bunch of uh, space gas miners. Every time these dudes, they're like, we must be freedom fighters for whoever's being oppressed. I'm going to answer the question for you, and it's going to go into my big spiel for this episode and why I hated the fuck out of it. You have identified correctly that uh, more often than not, the plot of enterprise revolves around archer and the crew saving the day i cannot shake the mental image the metaphor that has been laid on us by one of our international viewers listeners uh the overwhelming american overtones of the show right yeah this paladin, we're going to swoop in, we're going to protect the weak, we're going to uphold justice, we're going to do right, uh, we're going to Walker, Texas Ranger, all up in this bitch. Um, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it, it's getting real fucking annoying, and as I'm sitting here dissecting this stuff, there's some real dumb shit going on in here. Take everything you just said. <clears throat> they... Uh, decide that they're going to champion the cause of who, who's the first ones up to bat. And this is maybe something we need to really go episode by episode on at some point. But most notably, you got the Sulaban where he got involved in that. Um, who else was there? 
Well, there was the Suleban resistance in the premiere that he was trying to help. Yeah, but that's but, overshadowed by what happened with with the the Grot colony. Fallen hero, we already talked about. Vox Sola's not applicable. Uh, detained, that's the jailbreak on the Suleban. Right. Uh, Oasis, which one was that? Oasis? That was yeah. the one where they found... Crash Rene Star Ab- Destroyer. Where, yeah. Okay. Rene Amagero's planet. <laughs> inserts himself in that. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna paladin our way through this and save this young girl and blah blah blah. Fuck acquisition generations. Rogue planet. Uh, that was another. Yeah, got stuck their dick in that too. Fusion and th- that one specifically, they're assisting the wraiths, right? But that's important for other reasons. Fusion was uh, to Paul and the science uh, Cenobites. Shuttle pod one doesn't have anything to it. Shadows of Pajem. Uh, we're going to. Who did they help there? I guess they helped. They helped both sides, right? They were told to go away, but they decided to help the Vulcans after all. And then they're at odds with the um, Andorians and ended up helping the Andorians. They, Sleeping st- dogs. they, they stick their dick in that one and made no one happy with them. Sure. Uh, that's how you know it, it's been a good dick sticking when no when nobody's happy with it. No, it's sleeping dogs, to see it. Which gets called out in this episode. That's one where they go on the ship and save people. Uh, dear Doctor. Uh, which one was Civilization? Oh, that's a planet Andorian incident. Terra Nova. They went in and, and relocated the Terra Novans or the, the Novans. <laughs> Unexpected was the hand baby. Okay, so Enterprise swoops in. They save the day. If and only if the people they are trying to help say, no, leave us alone. If the if the oppressed victim tries to wave away Archer's help, then Archer starts with this. I don't like bullies. I don't feel right. What's going on here? We have to help these people. I'm going to involve the ship to ridiculous portions to the point where I've got everybody from the fucking ship on the surface of this planet as we disassemble the entire town and move it eight miles south or whatever the fuck happens, right? They, they like rotated it 50 meters. But if the oppressed victim seeks out their help, specifically Desert Crossing, then... Archer wants nothing to do with it and tries to retreat, no matter what the other side is doing, including shooting at his ship, shooting at him with fucking artillery, uh, him witnessing war crimes. Okay, it is fucking ridiculous. The, the, The extreme lengths that Archer goes to to be a good guy if he is inserting himself in a situation where he is not wanted and this specifically, they're like, listen, get the fuck out of here. We don't want, we, we do not want to fight with these Klingons. They've already killed a bunch of us. Um, even in this will get brought up a little later, even if you do somehow scare them away or like stand into like, you know, Hey, quit being a bully, leave them alone. Like you will leave and they will come back and they will fuck us up. Great right. for them to stay away. Archer still gets involved. This episode, the other big thing I fucking hate about it. Go back through the the who's who of bad guys that we are condemning. All right. Um, Colonel Grot and all those guys. Right. The the reasonable fascist. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the very reasonable jackbooted thugs who are willing to give Archer intelligence on a clear enemy of Earth. Yeah. Right. 
the the fucking bad guys from Desert Crossing. And again, Desert Crossing, you know, the kind of muddy things like, can you really trust what Clancy Brown was talking about? Hard to say, but the other side does establish itself as unreasonable. Um, and untrustworthy, too, and violent. And untrustworthy. But uh, they still don't really paint them. Per- there, there's enough rickety ground there that you can't get a, a clear shake on things. All the other times we've gone back and said, you're giving us bad guys that we cannot, you and I cannot say, this is a clear bad guy. Right. This is a bad dude, right? Colonel Grot, not bad. The fucking dick sporting good guys from whatever the fucking uh, yeah. Pokemon Rogue Planet. The Rogue Planet episode, yeah. Over and over and over again, the bad guys are not really great at being bad. There's always something sympathetic. Until this fucking episode, you've got Klingons. They're space pirates. They're They're space space pirates. They've got these guys held captive. They have killed in combat three of them. And then they executed four more, right? These guys are fucking evil. These guys are like chaotic evil. They are clearly willing to murder and have done so and are unbothered. By the end of the episode, not that Archer sees it, but we as the audience see that these guys are looking to kill a fucking kid to send a message. And you're telling me in this episode, now all of a sudden, Archer, you know, oh no, we, we got to be careful with it. it. It's fucking ridiculous that the rest of this episode is basically the plot of Home Alone. Yes! Archer's not willing to fucking kill eight people. Or give these guys the guns to kill eight people and be done with these fucking bullies. These murdering bullies. They make such a point of pointing out that these guys are for real, for real Klingons who kill people. And go out of their way to have T'Pol say in the episode, clear as a bell, straight up, the only way out of this circumstance is if you fucking kill them. They're Klingons. They don't take L's. That's not what they do. They're not going to fuck off. They're going to they're going to either succeed or die. Those are the options. And then have the temerity after establishing both of these factoids explicitly through dialogue in the episode. Treat it like a comedy sideshow in your preparation of these colonists to defend their lives and livelihoods. Like it was so discordant of them going through this stupid army of darkness training montage where they're learning how to like shoot their shitty guns or like do basic dodging uh, in in the Vulcan martial arts. We have two days to get ready. We're going to have a shit montage where you guys are shooting at Luke's training drone in engineering and then yeah to disco to paul is going to show you all the hottest new dance steps on vulcan and how to <laughs> dodge a bat left like whatever bullshit training these people are getting drafted are getting in russia like two days and then you're off on the battlefield to get fucking blown up i don't know who's got it worse the the fucking people on clendathu or these guys dying over there like it's it's insultingly stupid. So now you've got a population that says this is really dangerous. Please leave us the fuck alone. You've got m- murderer, bad guy clans who also, by the way, let's just say, well, hey, you know what? Uh, Archer might have been cool with killing those guys in all the strafing runs when he blew up Colonel Grotz prison camp. Right. The shuttle came down and it shot its lasers and it blew up part of the fucking prison on top of whatever that bomb at the end of the hallway that they exploded killed. Right. 
I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, they've they've killed a lot of people along the way. Oh, oh the uh, Clancy Brown's the the legitimate state that was shooting artillery. They blew those guys up. They killed those guys. Yeah, but those are those are just no name fucking aliens. Yeah. Who cares about them? These are Klingons. We can't just go Klingon Klingons. This is a new thing. You know, we're trying to establish diplomatic blah blah blah. These are fucking pirates. Yeah, they, they even say in there like, I doubt these guys report to high command. Even if you were to go and hit up. Klingon High Command and be like, hey, we saved uh, Debo's life. And also uh, when we got involved in Sleeping Dogs, another incident where we were specifically told do not help. And I got involved anyways. Right. Yeah. And and I know that they didn't like that. I helped them because if people say no, only then do I care about helping them. Let's trade in some of our goodwill boons our our some of our Mickey Mouse money with the uh, the Klingons and tell them, hey, leave leave this little colony alone. These pirates are not going to listen to what High Command says. I think reasonably, ergo, hey, if we just fucking gank these guys and throw them in a ditch somewhere, no one's going to come asking about them. You can yes. kill them scot-free. And that would be the actual answer if this was a Western, is we're going to fucking bang it out with these dudes, and then we're going we're gonna to find a deep hole, we're going to put their bodies in there, and that's going to be the end of it. And... That's how you solve this problem. And that is what T'Pol says. Or you leave it alone. You respect the wishes of the colonists who are dealing with things on their own terms because we cannot be here to guard them forever. And that's kind of the same uh, thing we got from Dear Doctor. Let's cut off the ending that you don't want to talk about to Paul right there. Like you can help these people, but you might be stuck here on this planet helping them triage the situation for hundreds of years. That's what happened to Vulcan. We got involved in uh, domestic affairs on one planet, and now we're stuck in for the long game. He even acknowledges like, oh, yeah, that's why you can't just swoop in and try and fix people's problems for them. You get dragged into this shit. So, OK, what are we going to do? Are we just going to kill these guys? No, we're going to make this Rube Goldberg fucking plan of how we're going to st- how we're going to scare, I'm air quoting, we're going to scare these Klingons straight. The plan, as we noted, is this, this weird rope-a-dope idea where if they rotate the village around, it will appear like it did before, but in a slightly different place. And the Klingons, they don't think they would, they would notice. And in doing this, they wouldn't know the position of the used fuel tanks where there is a whole bunch of explosive space gas that could then be ignited to kill them. Like, like they're like, they need to be brought in front of the, the uh, liquid hydrogen truck in Terminator two, <laughs> you know, like this is the only way we can kill the T 1000. Like they're, they're just, they're just dudes who are stronger than most dudes. You just got to fucking shoot them. You just have to stab them. They don't need a trap, right? And they've got all these guns, and they treat it like they're playing a game of mousetrap. They're just trying to get you in the spot, so they can they can pull the trigger on the machine, and you can be they can be intimidated into leaving. Something the show went out of the way to tell you twice would not work. Twice. Well, Archer sells uh, the 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 oil guys on this there, there's a little speech next to some broken piece of equipment archer you know comes in like a cowboy america's a, america fuck yeah's them up real well 
And the guy's like, all right, well, let's do this. Let's bring down everybody from my ship. Let's disassemble the entire village. Let's move this whole fucking town over again. Eight guys. Meanwhile, while I'm literally moving a city by hand, we're going to start taking your people for this bullshit montage where we've talked about it, where we get to ninja rolling class with Professor Catsuit. Of course. Okay. We've got the aforementioned rifle training in the armory. Again, you're teaching their guys how to shoot guns. I'm guessing these are, are, are actually like laser guns and not like tickle guns or silly string guns. Like if you're teaching them to shoot better with a gun, it's with the assumption that they might actually hit someone and probably kill them. So already this whole fucking thing, if you're teaching them how to fucking shoot the guns, just give them good guns. Yeah, just give them phasers. Just do it. Starfleet's got blood on its hands. Starfleet has already actively murdered other people out in the galactic community because they were bullies and this and that and boohoo. Just fucking gank these guys. Stupid. Uh, He gives a little rousing speech. Oh, the leader guy's like, I'm so scared, this and that. Archer's like, yeah, well, you know, these evil fucking Suluban and I was, you know, I don't want to be a part of this, but now I am. Funny, you completely omit the other part where you're like, you know, those Suluban don't really seem to be that bad after all. And even after I thought I was at war with the Suluban, I went to war with another people to protect the Suluban. So I have complex feelings about these people. Yeah, I just I guess I just like a fight. Any fight that I'm not invited to is a fight I want to be. The only thing gets my dick limp is when someone says, please help me. And then I go, "Ah, that's a fight I don't want. After uh, this, after this combat scene that has less violence than a Looney Tunes cartoon, uh, they quote herd the Klingons into the trap, which appears to be them walking down a valley, and the Klingons very patiently walking along the side of the valley and just kind of looking at them for three shots in a row. Reed is also actively there with a sniper rifle, shooting at these guys, not hitting shit. On purpose, because uh, their plan is not to kill them, which makes no, again, no sense. You're, you're, here's a bunch of highly, not highly, here's a bunch of super violent Klingons with swords and guns. Our plan, again, right out of the pages of fucking Home Alone, we're going to throw rocks at their head and hit them in the face with sticks. And, 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 when and, they a, start and, a string, and a string to like make them fall over as they f- try and chase after you. And then, yeah, like, Bonk him on the head once. I, I'm trying to think of other... Throw a uh, rock at him and then run from them <laughs> as they try and stab you to death. I'm trying to think of the Home Alone traps that they could have used. In reality, as a 40-year-old, go back and watch Home Alone. And you're like, every single thing that Kevin does to Joe Pesci and the other guy, you're like, that would kill this person instantly. You cannot hit someone <laughs> in the face with a can of paint. Everything in Home Alone is 100% more lethal than what they're doing to these Klingons at this point. These Klingons who have murdered Seven, of seven them. of them. Yeah, what seven of them. restraint we're seeing here. Uh, finally, they lure him out. And again, the, the whole f- trap is supposed to culminate with we get him in basically next to the red barrels that if we shoot them, they'll blow up. <laughs> right, exactly. But they're not going to blow up in a way that's going to kill them. It's just going to trap them in a ring of fire. So that's what happens. They get them out. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I also brushed through a point where we had to have uh to paul do her best blood sport impersonation <laughs> she shows up in the middle of the fight like uh she's sonia blade has just been picked in street fighter and then just hiya 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 oh hadouken i don't i mean i know she just had makes- a headband on so you can't see she's a vulcan so you know they got operational security here 
I know it's mixed my fighting game metaphors, but you get the point. She does some her stunt doubles double does some basic ass martial arts at this Klingon and knocks him down. Whatever. The the, the people they are up in the mountains. They have the high ground, right? Yeah. They've got clear line of fire. All seven or eight of the Klingons are standing in a group. You could have thrown a grenade and fucking taken them all. This is complete ridiculousness. They get close. They they kick the fucking the head of the, the well. They're like, oh, gosh, this seems weird. And then they stand around. They look at it until they finally push the button. They blow up the bomb and the bad guys get the bullies get circled in a ring of fire. And then head oil driller guy comes out and says, uh, basically, we're tired of you being mean. You better leave us alone or else. And while they've got him trapped in this ring of fire, I'm like, why don't the vault? Why don't the Klingons just like transport behind them? Just transport uh, right behind them. Six feet to the left. Yeah. And then go fuck these or let alone just transport up there and, and kick their fucking asses. And instead, the Klingons like, you're going to get away with it this time, but your oil sucks and, and it's not fit for a garbage scow. We out. It makes no sense. These guys essentially use no effort in trying to actually exterminate the oil people. And use none of their capability or technology as the episode itself has established to overcome what can be best described as mildly annoying resistance. Do you remember a movie called Avatar? I do. It was really fucking stupid and I hated it because at the end, after the uh, the Meow Meow Space Kitties with their space lasers uh, slapped the colonial Marines on their ass. Right. They lost the mech war and they're like, well, here's this big planet full of resources that we really want. But the space kitties have made it impossible to mine. Um, it's the best unobtainium in the universe. It's worth us doing what a 10 year sleep to fly out there. Mm-hmm. Do we a just fly away having learned our lesson or do we b nuke this fucking planet from orbit and then we can mine it with robots that can survive the radiation? Because there's no way that Avatar happens. They don't just nuke the fucking planet from orbit and get rid of all the annoying space cats. Same deal here. Okay, you don't want to sell gas to me? You're going to fucking trap me in a ring of fire? Uh, Do I go away and just leave you alone? Or I go, you know what? Klingons don't take else. Nuke them from orbit. Of course. If they don't just transport six feet to the left and then murder them all with batliths, they just transport up and in a fit of peak, terminate the entire place with extreme prejudice. They don't just leave. That is not actually the response of the characters. And I'm saying this for like the third or fourth time because it's important that this isn't just because we know Klingons from the past or we have some inference of continuity from prior episodes. It is in this episode, these guys are so petty, they murdered seven of them for resisting. They're going to kill a kid because they are petty and they want to punish them further. These guys are fucking evil. So they they get scared away like cartoon characters. And then, as if the, the episode can't get any fucking worse, the guy's like, oh, gee, you really saved the day, uh, Lone Ranger. Thanks. And then... Hey, here's all this extra gasoline. Well, hey, you know, my agreement was only for 
20 liters and that's 200 liters. Well, you earned it. Cool. And then he gets in a shuttlecraft and flies away without taking the extra fucking gas. That's how sloppy the fucking script yeah, is. Yeah, just uh, no, not even a mention to beam it up, you know, or whatever. You know, like not even covering it with like an 80 yard line afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, go send the shuttle pod two back down. There's not enough room in this one. This is this is this is the new weakest shit. We uh, early in we are early in the season and you've already got some pretty fun. I mean, picks. Do, you, do you get it like the first time we have ever given for real, for real evil aliens? The only other time we've had for real, for real, evil, evil aliens was the guys that were in, in silent enemy, right? That that were just abducting people, but probing them into comas like m- malicious, evil aliens. These are Klingons. They're slavers. They're murderers. They're assholes. They're bullies. All this other stuff. Archer's complete refusal to kill him when he's got so much blood on his hand. These when, guys told <laughs> when he gets agreement out of to Paul that he that it's like correct to stop them and points out like they just got to be killed. Let's just kill them. That's what she got to do. They're fucking Klingons. And the ending and the, yeah. the steps they go through to resolve this, to, to do everything stupid, to move a fucking town instead of killing people again. It can only be matched by shit that I saw in like Saturday morning cartoons. This is like what they should have done is they should have had the shuttlecraft be like forced to land there or something like that, or like Enterprise had to flee. And so they're stuck there with limited resources and they have to help the townspeople resist, you know, a larger amount of assailants and and try and take them out. And the episode shouldn't have necessarily been Klingons as the bad guys. It should have been Nausic and Tier dudes that you could actually foresee running away. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. This like, is the worst possible way to do this entire episode from yeah. starting with, I, I don't know what minute point it was where we actually like go off the rails into stupidness, but I, I don't know, man. Or or maybe this could have been another like Federation building moment where the people actually ask for help in, in a rare uh, change. Uh, man, I meant to sing Change of the Heart. <laughs> I was God so mad I forgot to sing. Like, uh, where they is... say, hey, listen, please help us. These guys are fuck. Every time they come down, we're short on oil. They murder one of us. Like, give us space weapons. We want to band up with Earth. We'll supply your ship's please, we need protection and Archer to start getting involved in some fucking space politics. And maybe he doesn't feel great about it, but he had to. And that right. could have been like a bittersweet ending. It's just, or, this is- or just like the first time Earth's like, we're going to need friends and we're going to need fueling stations if we're going to go out here and do this shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we this is an ally. Could have been having. the Terra Nova idea we had all over again. There's an outpost out there. It's got stuff we want. It needs our help, whether it knows it or not. Awful. This is a this is a trash episode. I fucking hated this thing. Just complete fa- completely falls apart after Act One. No effort put in to the finale and into in a fashion becomes comedic, darkly comedic and incompetence. And more evidence as to why no one watched the show uh, when it finally well, no one was watching the show anymore when it finally got good. So uh, I will go ahead and mention that by the end, the child plot line that I that shall not be mentioned trips like hey I can't give you that tour of the ship but I got one better here's a fucking data pad with all of our schematics wow thanks I really hope that thing somehow comes back to haunt him like 
Romulans get a hold of it or fucking Suluban saboteurs or someone's like, how could they have such detailed fucking blueprints of the Enterprise? And Trip like, ooh. I did like that there was a moment of continuity that reestablished that Hoshi was bad at shooting in season one and she learned how to shoot from Reed and then was able to impart that knowledge of her own like, oh no, I know the mistake yeah. you're making because you're a bunch of fucking amateurs like I was like, okay, neat. Cool. I, I like the whole day to practice here. Get good, noob. Yeah. Listen, if, let's get down to business if you want to defeat the Huns. <laughs> That's what that was. <sighs> what do we watch next week, Peter? We're going into season two, episode seven, the seventh, the seventh episode. T'Pol asks Archer to accompany her on a top secret mission to capture a fugitive that has eluded the Vulcan high command for two decades. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, based on what I just saw in this episode, uh, they'll put a piece of cheese on the ground and there'll be like a fucking box with a stick holding it up and on the sticks a wire and then they'll be up in the fucking mountains and you'll just be like, just beam the guy into the fucking brig. Like, what's going on here? Uh, Well, we'll we'll be disappointed together here on VG, please. I I mean, really, I I can't let this go, though. Like you no, you didn't watch this real time. You said uh, you went in. You started watching where they're at. You were like, this is good. And then once you completed, then you punished yourself by watching season two, which is very quickly going to be starting. I'm going to start calling it season poo. <laughs> Move over season sucks. There's a new trash season in town. I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm flabbergasted that anybody would bother watching this thing week in and week out. Like the good episodes that we've had in this season. Season one was not bad. No, it wasn't season terrible. two. Is, is hitting fucking l- like low lows, low, low lows. Uh, season two's playing by Voyager rules where like they're not afraid to get like Picard bad. And again, this is coming out of your your, your top management here, man. This isn't throwaway nah, guess, man. guys. It's hard to repeat what we already did, which was this is why the show got canceled. It just fucked itself into the dirt so hard. By the time it started to pull itself out, it was way too late, you know? And uh, we'll we'll continue to review it. We're going to get through it. You and me, buddy. We can do this, okay? You and me. We got this. We're going to make it. We've been tested in the fires. And we're ready. We're ready for this. We're not ready for this. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 